Secondly, we're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Want to share this tweet from Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. I'm going to continue calling it Twitter, even though it's now X, and call the post tweets because we all know what that means. General Flynn, this is so outrageous. This must not be allowed to happen in America. Where are the judges? Where are members of Congress? Where is POTUS? Despite what this man is accused of, this is not American justice. This man must be released immediately. Thanks to the Gateway Pundit for exposing this and thanks to whoever got this photo out into the light of day. Now, what is he referring to? What is Lieutenant General Michael Flynn referring to? He's referring to this photograph right here. A national disgrace. This is January 6th prisoner, Ryan Samsel. He's pictured in the closet room where he's been held for five months in isolation. What you see behind Ryan is a mop bucket. That's where he defecates in. The lights are on all the time. He has just that bottle of water and he has that little place to take a shower. Illegal aliens coming into this country are being treated better than Ryan. Look at this. This is how he has to bathe. Hunched down over the shower. This is making me so sick and so mad. The stolen election of 2020, the operation is still happening right now. I want you, my brothers and sisters, to understand what is really going on here. And you guys have called me out, and you're right, because I moved away from this verbiage. I'm going back to it. So thanks for those of you who corrected me or reminded me. It's a coup. It's a coup d'etat. 2020 stolen elections was a coup d'etat. But I say 2020 stolen elections, so we all know what I mean. But it was a coup d'etat, and this coup operation is still in effect right now. One, preparation for the coup d'etat. Unleash a half-baked bioweapon, which didn't do the full damage. This was a bioweapon that was funded by the American government and unleashed from Wuhan, China on the world. Wasn't as bad as they thought it was. I, I Now that I'm going back and looking at COVID, I'm thinking that it was, it, it was half-baked. It was pretty powerful in the beginning. A lot of people died. I mean, even doctors were dying. And doctors generally have a very strong immune system. I have a, a friend that I used to do business with about 15 years ago. And, wow, more than 15 years ago. I'm getting old. About 15, a little over 15 years ago, uh, did uh, business with him. 
and there was obvious nasty flus and viruses going around. And he he was an OBGYN uh, and a surgeon. And his joke used to be, uh, "What do you do for a living?" People would ask him. I mean, we we literally sit there and have be having dinner, and people would stop by and uh, and say, "Hey, Doctor X, his name," uh, because it seemed like he had delivered so many babies in that valley. He say, "What do you do for a living?" He goes, "Oh, I catch babies and fix leaky bladders." But I asked him, "How do you not get sick? Like you're in the in the emergency room." Uh, his wife was an emergency room uh, doctor or nurse or RN or PA, I can't remember, but she was also, and they just they just never seem to get sick. He goes, man, when you are a physician and you're in the emergency room, like you build up this natural immunity. Plus, you know, also we take coldies and, and we, we, we make sure that we take our supplements and vitamins, but we just have this really robust immune system. Now, when... COVID first came out in China and other places, we were seeing doctors drop dead. But what happened is COVID morphed and it just wasn't as deadly as I think that first initial strain was. But going back to the coup d'etat, the operation started with first the unleashing of a bioweapon to scare the world into them being able to steal the elections with fake mail-in ballots by essentially, we can go into all the details, but ballot stuffing. Ballot stuffing with fake ballots from fake people to turn over the election. That was the preparation. Then, and we're not going to get into the to the fake COVID shot, which is actually a bioweapon. So that was the first part of the operation. And then, of course, the second part of that operation before Election Day was the total suspension of our constitutional rights and process to a fair uh, fair and free election with election laws and the elections being run by the state legislators and having operatives, unelected bureaucrats change rules because of the COVID fear to allow the rigging to take place with mail-in ballots and all those other things, okay? Then... That was the, the, the precursor. Then actual election day, stuffing of ballots, Ruby Freeman, uh, electronic finagling, uh, ballot stuffing, and, and, and all the mules, and boom. Stopping the vote, stopping the count to see how much Trump was ahead, and then dumping all those votes that were allowed because of all the rules that were Ill- illegally changed because of the COVID fear. Then we have the stolen election of 2020. The next part was denying President Trump his ability to challenge the stolen election. He didn't have standing and they threw out everything in the process, in pro- by process crimes. They put the squeeze on all the courts, including the Supreme Court, who did not want to hear any cases. Even though in 2000 they heard the case between Al Gore and Bush, this time around with way more at uh, Way more evidence, way more states, way more uh, shenanigans. They didn't take us. They didn't even hear any cases. Then this, the part of the operation we are now is going after Trump, punishing him, and making it a crime to even talk about the stolen elections. We're in the cover-up part of the operation, where it is a crime to even, not just a thought crime, an actual crime to even question the stolen elections of 2020, and they must punish everyone, including the January Sixers. And that is why we're having this 
This is why we're seeing what's happening to Ryan. A national disgrace, Jim Hoft, over at the Gateway Pundit, rightfully paints it. Photos leaked of horrific January 6th prisoner abuse. Tortured five months in isolation in a closet room with lights on and a bucket for a toilet. Where is the American Civil Liberties Union Amnesty International Human Rights Watch? Sick and disgraceful. Sick and disgraceful. Where are they? Okay, I jumped the gun. Let's get into the next article. Gateway Pundit absolutely killing it. They are trying to get access to find out what's going on in Muskegon and Michigan and prove the stealing. There are people, good people in Michigan, that want this to come to light of day. But once again, the operation is in full effect. The cover-up the cover part of this operation is still in effect. Muskegon cover-up. City illegally denies the Gateway Pundit access to Michigan voter documents. See, there are multiple phases to this. Multiple phases to this. Let's get into this article. Let's uh, let's zoom this in so perhaps you guys can follow along with me. The Muskegon voter fraud investigation captured on a police report from 2020 that outlines almost 10,000 or maybe more fraudulent voter applications were turned in on one day and another 2,500 are being illegally covered up through a denial of access to the underlying documents. Multiple requests by the Gateway Pundit to review this evidence of systemic voter fraud have been denied even though the denials go against the law. What is the law when they have bought off the judges, the Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence, and the former Vice President, Joe Biden, FBI, CIA, DOJ, everyone's in the freaking bag for the Marxists and the CCP. The Gateway Pundit went and requested access to these voter registration applications in the city of Muskegon under two separate, vision, two separate provisions of Michigan law. They asked to inspect them pursuant to a citizen's right to visually inspect the voter records in person. This was denied on the basis that they claim they no longer have the records. But check this out. The Hoff brothers are, are smart. They say that they don't have the records because they were seized by law enforcement. But Muskegon clerk Ann Meish told the Gateway Pundit that she does not have any records or even copies of them. But pursuant to Michigan Opens Records Law, it is allowed to access... It is allowed access to view public records held by the clerk or receive a copy with privacy information redacted. So there are copies and it has been rejected. There is no provision of Michigan law which allows a clerk to refuse the public access to visually review these documents. But they are doing it anyway because once again, beating this dead horse to a pulp this is the cover-up phase of this operation. The request was sent to the Muskegon clerk, but it was denied by the Muskegon Police Department. The Muskegon Police and Muskegon City Attorney John Schreier also make objections to releasing these documents with obvious internal inconsistencies in their, ar in their argument. They say they can't release a fraudulent application because of privacy concerns, but they also because they're subject to an ongoing criminal investigation. Now, 
this matches, according to, to the Hoff brothers, what the Muskegon City Police told the Gateway Pundit. But confidentially, a source has told the Gateway Pundit that despite what the police have said about the federal officials taking all the files, the city has kept a copy of the voter registration documents. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The city may have given away the originals to the FBI, but the copies of these documents could still further confirm the widespread fraud committed by GBI strategies. There's no legal authority to deny public access to these public documents. If the applications are fraudulent, then there's no privacy issue involved because the names were faked. If the names were stolen in case of identity theft or possibly 12,000 or more people, then why hasn't anyone been charged with such a crime in the last three years? The Muskegon police have told them privately, the Gateway Pundit, that they are frustrated the way the case is being stonewalled and confirmed that the original police report is completely accurate. Very interesting. So there's there's copies, so they're lying about that. They say they can't release it. They're lying about that because the Michigan law says they have a right to see this data, either original or a copy of it. They say they can't release information because it's an ongoing investigation, but an ongoing investigation, what's the crime if every if, if, if there's nothing going on here? But if the crime is that these are fraudulent, fake people, then there's no privacy concern because these people are don't exist. The cover-up continues. And the next part of the cover-up, of course, is punishing anyone bringing to light and punishing them harshly. The Justice Department wants 33-year prison term for ex-Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio in Capital Insurrection. You know, Enrique Tarrio and his totally white supremacist name. Absolutely ridiculous. CBS News reporting yesterday. The Justice Department is asking for Enrique Tarrio, the former Proud Boys leader, convicted of seditious conspiracy, even though he wasn't. Just a reminder. Uh, he wasn't at the Capitol that day, but somehow he's convicted of seditious conspiracy. Does it? Does is that not in your stomach still there? We get, we need to fight this. We can't let that not in our stomach go away. We can't drink it away. I mean, I don't drink any alcohol, but you, you can't drink it away. You can't smoke it away. You can't sleep it away. That knot is in our stomach because that is a knot caused by lies and injustice and deceit. Decent moral people. Do not just uh, let these things pass. It's been more than two years, my fellow Americans and lovers of America, listening and watching this program. We cannot let them get away with it. We cannot sweep this under the rug. The sentence, if imposed, would be by far the longest punishment that has been handed down in the massive January 6th prosecution. Oath Keepers founder Stuart Rhodes was convicted of seditious conspiracy in a separate case and so far has received the longest sentence to date, 18 years. They want to give 33 years to Enrique Tarrio of the Proud Boys. And the animus and the attacks continue. There's more details in there, folks, but you get you get the gist. It's absolutely sickened. Absolutely sickening. Absolutely sickening. This is also sickening. 
this collage here, I'm sure many of you have seen it, may have been a while, of who I used to call handsy grabby Joe Biden because I couldn't call him pedo Joe. I couldn't call him pedophile Joe when I was on my YouTube show. So I called him handsy grabby Joe. Handsy grabby Joe. Getting too familiar with people. Touching and kissing little Asian girls inappropriately. Grasping people inappropriately. Touching the nipples of little girls. French kissing or kissing on the mouth other women that are not his wife. Now, folks, I'm not a kissing prude, right? I mean, I'm, I'm Latino. We, uh, I'm huggy and kissy. I kiss everybody. I mean, we, we, uh, you know, we kiss everyone on the cheek. That's just how we, we greet we greet people. I mean, it's just part of our culture. And a lot of you as well have that same culture. I, I've been noticing that it's, that's more of a back east thing. More back east thing, uh, which I'm originally from. Because I notice that even a lot of white Americans uh, do that. You know, you, you kiss your... And obviously that, that's European as well, right? In France. Uh, I went to church in France. And by... And I don't speak French. We were in Paris. This is several years ago. Um, and we went to church and we didn't know anyone, but we found someone that had lived in the United States and they were kind of interpreting for us the services and Sunday school and what have you. And when we were done, everyone uh, said goodbye to us and they greeted us with a kiss. Like, this, you know, that's just how it is. And my wife, who is Mexican, 100% Mexican, both her parents are Mexican, but both her parents are actually second and or third generation, depending on which side of her of her family, European. My wife's actually, you may have noticed, Mrs. BCP is very fair-skinned. She's French and, and, and Spanish on both sides of her family. So just culturally in our family, uh, a lot of just, a lot of kissing going around. But not inappropriate kissing like this Joe Macking straight up on this old woman, just being creepy with children, with teenagers, just touching, 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 just disgusting. Just a very disgusting man. You can't pass this off to him just being a nice grandfather. The man is a disgusting, and that's why we call them Pedo Joe. He has that nickname for a reason. And he's got other nicknames. He's got other nicknames. And he's got other aliases, other synonyms. We now know that he goes by Robert L. Peters, J.R.B. Ware, Robin Ware. These are names he goes by when he's doing things illegally. As we know as of yesterday from James Coburn, the Oversight Committee, that Joe Biden has gone by these pseudonyms. And they know that from communications that he has had. Now, Rob Schmidt over at Newsmax did a great breakdown of this. Let me play you part of this. I think this is really good. ...was using while he was vice president of the United States. There was only one person copied on that email to Robert L. Peters. You know who that person was? 
Hunter Biden, who at the time was getting paid a million dollars a year to work for a filthy, dirty energy company located in Ukraine. At that point in the spring of 2016, Ukraine's president, Petro Poroshenko, had just fired prosecutor Viktor Shokin after Joe Biden threatened to withhold a billion dollars of our money. The move, of course, famous now, when Biden bragged about it two years after it happened. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. Leave it in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> got fired. A moment that will forever haunt Joe Biden. So let's noodle with this for just a moment. It's clear that Biden wanted this information about this phone call with Poroshenko away from his work email. But this document wasn't sent to Joe Biden 1942 at gmail.com. It was sent to Robert L. Peters. And it was also sent to his son. Of course, this is obvious that this is just like um, Hillary Clinton and her email server, private email server, so that people couldn't see what she was actually doing. This has been going on for a long time, folks. FOIA requests came out. You know, the, the ability to have Freedom of Information Act requests. And Obama and Clinton and all these Democrats in the past said, oh, yes, we, we support this first transparency, knowing damn well that they were actually having other channels of communication that would not be subject to FOIA requests. Just sit and think for a few minutes about a non-sinister reason for that. A non-sinister reason that Joe Biden would need an email alias, Robert Peters, a completely fake identity. Why would that identity also be tethered to his son, who also got the same email? 50-year-old man who was getting paid filthy dirty money from all over the world. And the family was all getting paid. Now... That name, of course, Robert Peters. And a reminder of something that <laughs> was shown on Fox News. What I'm about to show you was shown on Fox News. That's, of course, when they had Tucker Carlson on. Here, let's, let's go down memory lane for a second here. A lot of people online are wondering why, according to Hunter Biden's electronic devices, Joe Biden's family refers to him as Pedo Peter. It's kind of weird. Why would they call a guy who showers with his own daughter Pedo Peter? We have no idea. We do now <laughs> because Robert L. Peters is a spy name, a pseudonym, an alias for Joe Biden. Pedo Joe, Pedo Peters. Same damn person. Same sick disgusting person. Then we saw these pictures. They showed Joe Biden kissing his own granddaughter on the lips multiple times. In February of 2020, Joe Biden was speaking at a campaign event in Iowa. He said his daughter told him not to kiss her in public. Then he said his granddaughter is, quote, different. But granddaughters not only love their dads, their grandpops, they always like them. And that's the great thing. <laughs> Thank you, baby. Thanks. So it's totally normal. Sharing with your daughter is totally normal. 
But there is a reason the FBI wants to get its hands on Joe Biden's daughter's diary very badly and is willing to arrest people in order to keep that from becoming public. We'll let you continue to guess. And, of course, the cover-up continues. The cover-up for sick pedo Peter, a.k.a. pedo Joe. And for those of you listening to the podcast, I'm putting up here a meme. It shows Hunter Biden all cracked out as if he were trying to solve a Wheel of Fortune puzzle. The question is, what name Hunter saved his dad under on his phone? Hunter Biden saying, Pat, I'd love to solve the puzzle. And the puzzle is only missing one letter, the letter O in Pedo Peter. Pedo Peter, Pedo Joe, the same enemy, the same foe. Tell the difference what we want.